0: Welcome to Robert's Corner. We have a very special guest today. Um, He's a returning guest of Revive Ministry Podcast, the My Story of Recovery segment, and he's a good friend. Uh, We both are facilitators in NAMI as the connections peer-to-peer. Welcome, Mike, and thank you for agreeing to be on our episode today.
1: Thank you very much. Glad to be here.
0: Before we begin, I always like to start with a disclaimer, especially when we're um, doing a discussion in Robert's Corner corner that we are not medical professionals. So if you are having a crisis, please seek immediate medical attention. Today we are going to be talking about being a peer. Being a peer um, in this context is that I suffer from mental illness for several years and we consider ourselves peers because we have shared experience. Not exactly and, um, the same, but we can't, that's why support groups are so effective. So what we're going to be talking about is being up here and navigating through this COVID nineteen crisis. You know, before we begin, I always like to start off with some some sort of quote that may set the tone of what we're going to be discussing. It's from um, it's from Annie DeFranco, and he says, "I know there is strength in the differences between us. I know there is comfort where we overlap." Today, arguably, we are all overlapping <laughs> quite a bit and with this COVID-19 um, impacting all of us in, a, in various different ways. Mike, what positive or negative things have you seen happen due to this global situation? I know positive sounds, maybe it sounds too soon to say, maybe what opportunities do you think may, that you see, that you haven't seen or you would like to see?
1: Well, one thing I could say is it gives people a chance to sort of reconnect with their family and friends, even though we're quarantined and you know we're somewhat isolated, a lot of people were always so busy with their lives and they never took time to sit down and just you know talk to their family members. So I see it as an opportunity where you could reconnect and you could get to know them, even though after a while they started driving you crazy. But you, I tell people sometimes it's better than being alone. And I really feel for the people who are alone, especially our elderly friends and family. But with this crisis, a lot of the younger people are starting to uh, talk to and interact with the elderly a bit more because you know they're worried about them and they wanna keep them somewhat sane in this time of crisis. Yeah, Mike, I, I you know,
0: I, I follow that train of thought because this gives us an opportunity. I talked to Morgan um, on Robert's Corner a couple of days ago when I was recording. And one of the things she mentions was that it forces us to slow down in various degrees. And but I do, I do find that there's a lot of people being affected about on this whole situation differently. And those who are alone, I, yeah, I plead for them. How about those those parents who rely on an hourly paycheck or those small businesses or who maybe maybe needing to shut down so in a way this kind of humble is humbles us a bit and the, our focus really today really is our own us being peers Me mean you Mike and how um how do you how would you um what do you find um personally that helps you being a peer you know we talked about this yesterday in the group but what do you think personally will ha- has helped you maintain your wellness while observing the social distancing and mind you when i say social distancing i really don't like the word i mentioned this before uh, um i doesn't pr- i think it promotes the idea that we don't connect the idea is that we physically need to distance ourselves but socially there's many other avenues especially the 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 technology we have that we're blessed with. So, Mike, any comment on that?
1: What I like to, or what helps me, is my many coping skills. And I tell people with this uh, going around and we're not being able to, you know, go out and be around people in large gatherings, like let's say at a bar or a restaurant, or, you know, being able to be actively going out it gives us a chance to go back to what I like to call the basics. You know, maybe sitting down and, you know, listening to some music and, you know, not really go, go, go. Or maybe sitting down and reading a book or, you know, sitting down and writing something, either journaling or writing stories. It gives you a chance to take in some of the activities we normally would overlook because we are so used to being on the go and also it gives some people a chance to sit down and not have to worry about you know working too hard and all their responsibilities where they could sit down and watch a movie or you know they could talk to a friend they haven't talked to in a long time so i see it this as a, a good opportunity for us just to mellow out and sort of back for me yeah i do agree and um
0: you know it's really um one of those things that i found really uh, inspiring when i read this um this one quote i d- it just reads this it says the most basic and powerful way to connect to another person is to listen just listen perhaps the most important thing we ever give each other is our attention a loving silence often has far more power to heal and to connect, than the most well-intentioned words. Um, we have to, you know, it's just apparent that, you know, we are used to being face-to-face. You know, it's very hard for people to adjust. And um, focusing on peers like ourselves, I can imagine it, it being extremely hard. You know, it's really hard for them to even go to support groups or to engage in any social social means and when they're told by everyone to stay home you know and uh, this is where like creativity and knowing that we have certain avenues you know i know some people don't have all the tech that's out there but at the very least a lot of them have access to phones and um, being able to contact each other that way um but i find you know this forces us to really um not just rely because you could be in a whole huge room full of people but still feel alone you know like you could be around a whole bunch of people they're all talking and so proximity doesn't always get um doesn't always translate as not being lonely so i feel like this will give an opportunity at least in my eyes that um as a positive opportunity of being more effective and more um, intentional of your connections and knowing that we're not islands because you know the biggest thing that's we all notice is that we're not able to connect with each other which shows me that proves to me that we do in turn like that connection if that makes sense any comment mike
1: well like like you said you know with, with the whole social distancing that doesn't mean you have to turn into a hermit you know and like you said people they they have a lot of people have at least basic access to the phone and sometimes the phone could open up a lot of things for you like I mentioned before you could call an old friend and be like oh how you doing I hope you're safe and I try to encourage people because with us not being able to gather and meet face to face people that normally come to the support group or to the you know the club that I'm a part of if they don't want to do it virtually it's nice for somebody to you know give them a phone call and say I hope you're okay or you know how are you doing in this time and you know give them a little encouragement and to also give them a little hope because as a facilitator for NAMI and also being a peer specialist that work with the nonprofit organizations the one thing we always have to remember is we never give up hope no matter how bleak something looks there's always something that we can learn or something that we can find a way to grow and and overcome adversity and I think that's really important
0: yeah and you know and following those lines you know eventually you know you come to your your recovery journey like all uh, us peers whether you're mental health or substance abuse or both dual diagnosis you come to this realization that you know you have to be grateful for what you have because that allows room for healing because at the end of the day i'm grateful i have a place to stay i have a roof over my head you know what i mean i have food to eat you know i'm not trying to put down those people lower the, who are not able to do that but it allows room to appreciate the things we have and maybe more we'll be more intentional and in valuing the people around us maybe not physically in this context but basically in our lives that so are willing to um to uh, connect with us and going to the peer thing you know a lot of you know me being a facilitator there's some people who just don't do good in groups and virtual virtual um virtual is just support groups are daunting and scary for them or they don't want to bother. So being intentional, like me and Mike are facilitators, to actually call one-on-one or make an effort to to connect is going to be really important, especially going through this COVID-19 um, crisis. What are your thoughts, Mike?
1: Well, I think it is important to have that one-on-one connection and I always tell people all the time, I like to say, Everybody always needs somebody to talk to. We all have that person usually that we talk to a lot, be it our best friend or our parents or, you know, our spouse or whoever. But we also need a person that we could talk to that's going to tell us things that we need to hear and not that we want to hear. Yeah. Because it's not, I tell people it's not good To associate people who always agree with you yeah because you don't get anything done in the long run and it never really ends well because they just agree 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 and sometimes you either get overwhelmed or you make mistakes because you didn't have that person say oh no you shouldn't do that or no that's not good
0: yeah, it's just the fact of, like, embracing the differences we have. Like, the one thing that COVID-19 has forced us, it's not just one section of the world. I just remember swine flu, what, like, six, seven, I don't know how many years back. Um, it, it, it was a big thing, but nothing to this scale. So whether you're rich, poor, um, whatever race, Hispanic, Asian, black, white, it doesn't matter at this point. I feel fundamentally different ideas um, um, will in your circle will help you because if you're just gonna surround yourself with people who think the same way as you do, um, I, I just don't feel like you can have a balanced approach to it because a lot of our lives are what we perceive and I know I make mistakes, Mike sometimes I don't see the angle I don't see around the corner that someone else that I don't really think. I didn't think of that. And if you're never, if you're all, always around with people who agree with you or don't, um, I'm talking about peers uh, primarily, then you won't really be able. And those, you know, I even would argue some of the biggest, hardest times, especially when I was a leader in my church, when I had to s- switch over, I learned the most and I had the most growth when, from the people who gave me the hardest times. I didn't get any growth when people always agree with me. I had a good time. I gained more growth from the people like that. Hindsight, it feels good. But I just, I dare people to like peers, especially to, um, to, um, to just not, just not conform. Whatever you did for, at the very least, whatever you did for your coping skills, your wellness toolkit, continue right now. Don't, just because you don't have to get up, let's say... Early in the morning, or you don't have to eat at this time. I would, I would encourage you to do it um, because that will, that will promote a structure and a, a healthy, a healthy, um, basically wellness. Because it will affect your body and your mind. Whether you don't feel like down or depressed, but you don't sleep enough, that's going to affect you. Or if you're down in the press and you just Forgo all your coping skills you know i use breathing techniques sometimes when i'm having stressful situations i i write i still do that to this day i would say even do it more even though i'm home you know what i mean a lot of the time and um any thoughts or anything you want to add to that mike well
1: i just want to say you know we've said coping skills a lot throughout mm-hmm. this interview and I tell people it's always good to have positive coping skills because there's a difference between positive and negative coping skills.. Very and true. I want to bring that out because people who suffer with, with substance abuse and mental illness and the dual diagnosis is hard because sometimes they'll want to go back to their negative coping skills, one being drinking or another being you know excessive smoking and when i say smoking i'm talking about cigarettes or and then some you know go to their drug of choice but a lot of times i've noticed with a lot of peers too especially the ones that do smoke cigarettes right now they're you know they're smoking a lot more and that really puts a drain on your body and when when it puts a drain on your body it weakens your immune system so if they're actually doing more damage than good And I tell people, I'm not telling people they can't smoke, because if you're an adult and, you know, that's what you want to do, you're going to do it anyway. But just think about some of the things that could happen to you. And then with this virus going around, where if your body is compromised in any way, it could hit you harder. And so if you really want to be not only safe for yourself, but also be safe around you know for the ones you love because if we hurt ourselves we hurt the ones we love too
0: exactly mike and you know i like what you said because you know we're it is i know smokers uh i know people just it doesn't i'm not saying make this extreme change you know for for me it's just you have to be intentional of doing little stuff i would say if the neighborhood, go out for a walk in the neighborhood, get some fresh air. Don't just sit in your room or whatever. I'm talking to some of uh, to peers, people who struggle like me. I'm not even people people specifically. I'm just I just know myself how the tendency is to just turn on my PlayStation 4 and play all day. You know what I mean? And um yeah. or vice versa. You know, you could be like I want to know what's going on out there. But you get very triggered when news is just on top compiled, regurgitating the same thing, but you're not you're not processing it right, then what happens? You watch what, CNN or Fox or whatever you watch, twenty four seven is on the TV. I'm nine times I would say ten out of ten, but I'll just say nine times out of ten, that is not a healthy coping skill. And so, um, um, you gotta kind of found boundaries and you find structure, and uh, I want to kind of go into that. But before we do, Mike, um, anything else you want to share about, about that? Uh,
1: well, one thing I like to bring up is with Nami, I joke we have our twelve step just like everybody else. But one thing that I think is a benefit. Of right now one principle of support that stands out to me and you know I'll talk about the principle of support a little bit later into the discussion but the one that I think we really can use right now is number 11 and number 11 says we expect a better future in a realistic way and the reason why I think that's a good one right now is because we're starting to see areas you know increase in number of cases and number of deaths. But we have to do as much as we can to prevent the spread and to contain it as much as we can. And we want to do this in a realistic way. We don't want to have a pie in the sky sort of attitude where, oh, everything's just going to be fine. Like, yes, things are going to get better, but we have to help facilitate it to get better. Otherwise, it's just going to continue at a, at a breakneck speed and get worse and worse before it gets better. Yeah, all of us play a part, basically what it comes down to.
0: And um, you know, you led into the principles of support, and um, I want to share one of the ones that stick out to me, especially when it comes to connections and how we how we go about interacting with one another. I forget what number it is, but it's the one that says we won't judge anyone's pain as less than our own. That's you, know, what it's what you very said. For seven, I think uh, it's very important because um, I walk in a in a store, you know, you know, with, you know, being very careful. I'm in line, and um, the one thing that I noticed is that even a short line that would not even bat an eye now the tone is so different. You know, we're so on edge and we're so suspicious and we're teetering. Some people more than others. So I feel you know when we do connect. Um, and we are sharing or we're frustrated about something realize that there's 20 people with a worse story than you arguably worse you know what i mean and like for you you should not just you should not i find i don't like to use the word should but i would encourage you not to just start judging people because that's not going to help you any especially you're being so everyone's being socially distancing i would say instead be grateful for what you have because when you're thankful and you're grateful instead of judging everyone's pain and having a list of who's uh, who who fits in where that doesn't pro- promote a very healthy outlook you know and you you use the one you know, um um uh number 11 if you could repeat it again i, for, I forgot the word i don't want to miss
1: number 11 is we expect to better future in a realistic way.
0: I think that balances us out you know we're not we're not expecting you know, the thing is you don't want two extremes you don't want the person who's just like giving up that's one of the things we said we never give up hope but we also don't want someone who's being reckless and just unassuming especially considering what we're dealing with COVID-19 right now because The scariest thing you know is is the people we love like our grandparents our parents you know they're older and um arguably the the scariest thing in my mind is i go outside and i don't even know i have coronavirus i come back and i give it to them i have no symptom how awful would i feel how awful would i feel so um that's one of the things um is there any um i also want to ask you know continuing on the principal support Uh, is there a few more uh, non-meaning principal support that you think peers right now would benefit from listening to you know that and also people in the community remember this affects all of us
1: well I know we bring this time and time again but number four is we aim for better coping skills what people don't realize is that coping skills can sometimes be the the thing that could be between life and death. If you have really good coping skills, that can not only help bring you out of depression and help you overcome your anxiety, but it could give you that will and that push you need to be healthy. Because when your mind is not right, it affects your body and vice versa. So if you're in this deep depression, Or these feelings of anxiety... It can make you... Have... Physical symptoms... Like... It could really wear on your body... But with coping skills... It helps... Basically keep you balanced... In a way where you could... You could be... Basically... Do well... In a holistic way... That includes the mind... The body... And the spirit... And also... I want to mention the coping skills I know it's not everybody's you know preference but religion or having either religion or philosophy or something that you believe in to give you hope we always want to be positive and try to to have hope and I know some people are triggered by religion some peers especially but I tell them you don't have to believe in God per se You could just find something that gives you hope, whether it be a philosophy. Like some people, they look at the philosophy of like, I know one thing I used to use is the philosophy of balance, the yin-yang theory of philosophy. Yeah. That everything, and you know, some people may say, well, isn't that a religion? No, it's a philosophy. You have different things that could give you hope and inspire you and really to focus on. Some people believe in karma. Some people call it the golden rule. You know, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. And that's especially important in this time right now because we want ourselves and our family and friends to be safe. So we got to treat other people with the same respect. So when you go out, don't crowd people. And, you know, don't try to, you know, do things that might endanger other people. I like what you said, you know, the idea is
0: really, even with this podcast, it's all about inspiring hope, you know, I I know for one, being a leader in a church that a lot of the times, I'm not saying all the time, but a lot of times people are taking, have a bad taste of religion is because the people that they experienced it through, you know, um, it's not really, a lot of times, whatever religion or whatever belief a lot of it promotes something positive at the most basic form it's bigger than yourself it's outside your box you know for, uh, for me uh, for me i find that much healing especially when i you know i practice sometimes mindfulness and for me sometimes when i do mindfulness i have to like pull back and look at the big picture you know when you get so into it and you're just so everything's right up on you um it's hard to see clearly what's happening and when you're able to like pull back, and also another thing is, um, uh, what's it called? Um, reframe the uh, reframe the picture you're seeing. Let's say someone has done you wrong. Not to say you're giving excuses for what they did, but you you do the, you do that extra effort. Obviously, forgiveness is really a good thing for you to promote healing. But on top of that, reframing. Whether you understand the person or not, you can understand some of the context that you may know. Well, which will provide you're not accepting that they did what they did was right. You put that boundary, of course, but at the same time you let go. And I feel like with all this time right now, and um, one of the things that people have the hardest time to forgive, I can imagine, is people who are not able to provide now because they lost their job. They can't forgive themselves, and I mean. Or, um, and it's out of you know arguably it's out of their control because now I'm um, just looking at certain things I've read regarding what's happened after COVID-19 especially with the whole office space per se I'm saying that offices may shrink because people are going to be working from home for quite a bit and Arguably some employers might be like, you know what it, it's cheaper for them to be stay at home than to have an office for them to work at So the whole dynamic will probably shift, but you know, we'll just wait and see what will happen um, Anything else you want to add before I ask you? Um, um, some other uh, just shift a little bit to one one question. I want to ask
1: uh, one last thing I would like to say that I always try to get across the people is another thing we can do is a random act of kindness and that random act of kindness is important and when i say and people may think to me or say mike how are we going to do a random act of kindness now that we're all quarantined and you know we're all you know basically isolated and not able to go out but i tell everybody there at least people in your neighborhood or in your community or even your family that are older and they don't have anybody. And I brought this up earlier. Loneliness can be a killer. Yeah. And though we need to think about those older people. So maybe the old lady down the street, when you go out and take a walk, you know, wave to her, say hello. You don't have to get close to her, but you can start a conversation, make sure, you know. You tell her, I'm worried about you and I hope you're doing well or I hope you're safe. And, you know, just give them a little time and attention because nobody likes to be alone, you know, if they don't have to. And if you if you're older and you don't have kids or, you know, your kids are in another state, you know, you want to find some reason to stay positive and some reason to actually, you know, continue on in your day to day life which I think is very important.
0: I like what you say. You know, there's this one person that, um, one person I know um, in Florida, she wasn't able to um, get certain items, and specifically toilet paper, funny. And um, I actually mailed her toilet paper. And the funny thing about that was, she didn't even know I did it. I don't even know if she got it yet. But the funny thing about it is um <laughs> It was the strangest thing. I went to the store. There were like, one left or two left. I go I go to the post office. I put in a box. I felt like I was 18-year-old with, like, a fake ID getting toilet paper. It was the funniest thing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just want to ask, you know, winding up, is just, um, I know you kind of gave the advice, you know, acts of random acts of kindness, but... What advice would you give specifically to peers listening regarding our current situation? We talked a lot of it. We probably, we've gone over a lot of it already, but what would what advice, if, if you want to make it short or just kind of very focused, what would you say would be
1: the biggest advice you would,
0: one of the biggest advice you would tell your peers right now?
1: The biggest advice I could give to peers especially is focus on your time management. And when I say time management, you know everybody's a little bit different but you know have a, a schedule or a routine down i know you mentioned it earlier to sh- have structure in your day and structure and you know in your day-to-day life but that is so important and what people don't realize is if you have a routine and stick to that routine so let's say from like 9 in the morning to about 9 30 you'd be like eat breakfast or you know eat breakfast and have coffee and then from like 10 to 10 30 you know maybe watch the news then from 11 to eleven thirty, you know like play a video game or watch a movie and you know just little things and I suggest for people to write it down so that while they're doing the activity and also set an alarm to go off when your time is up Because if you stick to a schedule and you just do it and you get used to doing that, then you will always feel like not just you're being busy, but you're being productive because you're doing things in a certain way and you can feel like you're getting something done. And that's a great feeling to have, a feeling of accomplishment and a feeling that I was able to do something productive with my day
0: no it's it's funny you say that because when i keep saying structure one of the things i do not do is read old like all the news after 7 p.m for me i just don't do it because it doesn't bode well with my sleeping because i'm one of those people who just keep digging and digging and arguably in my structure i consider that and what i'm saying when mike says write it down you'll see and when you get better um better acquainted with yourself um This context of time management, you'll see what works and what didn't. Oh, I did this that night, and yeah, I couldn't sleep. I didn't do well. I didn't so you know, see what works. I I cannot read all the like the news filters after 7 p.m. if I want to get decent sleep. I know that. This is something I can't do. Um, know your limits. Um, and time management. Thank you, Mike. Uh, one last question. I think I asked you this before, but I'll ask you again after we we've talked all this long. What would you like to see happen after or during this social distancing that you wouldn't even consider before this COVID-19 crisis?
1: After this is over, I hope that we could still keep those connections with people, especially the elderly people we know. And it could be the old lady down the street or, you know, like a grandparent or an aunt or uncle or, you know, somebody who is elderly that maybe has adult kids and they're by themselves now or they don't get to talk to many people anymore because it's harder for them to get out or it's harder for them to do. We want to make them feel like they still matter and that they could have some form of where they get attention and they're not just by themselves and they're not the forgotten man
0: thank you mike thank you mike for agreeing to be a guest in this new series roberts corner any i know um, we're wrapping up here but any last comments or thoughts you just want to share like a sentence before i just we wrap up here
1: The last thing I want to say is we will never give up hope.
0: Thank you, Mike. Remember to check out Revive Ministry podcast on the website for all new episodes on revivemanistriesfl.com forward slash podcast. Remember that every Tuesday will be the original My Story Recovery segment that Mike was on originally a few months back. And every Thursday will be Robert's Corner, but that will just be me and it'll be a short segment. But this episode, what we did today, will be uploaded on Sunday. That's when the special guests come on, Robert Corner. Um, so please, uh, I encourage you to check it out. Again, thank you for listening and goodbye from Revive Ministry Podcast. Leaving you with this quote, A community that excludes even one member is no community at all. <laughs>